Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Living More Alive. This is a podcast where we talk about different health and wellness topics, and we discuss ways to live your life to the fullest. Now, this week, I decided to do a podcast episode on financial health. Um, Being really smart and prudent uh, with finances is something that's really near and dear to my heart. It's something that my mom taught me since I was young, and my dad too, Um, and they both had kind of different strategies and different approaches and tips that they gave me along the way. My mom actually worked in a bank Um, that was one of her first like career jobs. And so I feel like maybe she took some stuff from that. Um, and my dad has always been super frugal. So that's kind of the mindset that he's had. And he's also very entrepreneurial. He, um, just a fun little like anecdote about anecdote about him. Uh, he, when he was a kid would always be finding ways to make money. Like he would go into the woods and pick raspberries and then take a wagon around and try to sell those, those raspberries door to door. So like any way that he could make money, he would as a kid. And so he definitely brought that into his adulthood and he now owns his own business, which my mom helped him to build from the ground up, um, along with his brother and their family. So Very cool that that kind of was a foreshadowing event for what his future would look like. But all that to say, I had lots of really good examples for how to properly manage finances. And I think that is something that is just not talked about enough. And just like the little practical tips, like obviously people know like you should save money and, you know, don't spend it on dumb things and don't overspend. But like, we don't talk about the little tips on how to actually accomplish those things. It's just like, be smart with your money. And it's like, okay, we we need practical tips. So that's definitely what we're going to get into. And this is just from my perspective. I'm very young yet. um, But I would say that I've made some big purchases in my life. I I have a house that I own. Um, I do have a mortgage, which I am paying off. But I just think I have experienced some things and I want to share what I've experienced with other people who maybe haven't had the same background knowledge and life experiences that I've gotten the privilege of having. Also, I just wanted to say I did take a summer break. It was kind of impromptu, but I was really just needing a recharge and a refresh and I decided to just take some time off. I wasn't sure if it would be a month or two months, but I just needed a time where I wasn't packed with activities and work things. And I just had a lot on my plate and it was a much needed summer break. I had so much fun enjoying relaxation, the sun. Uh, I've been doing a lot of traveling, so there was a lot of that as well. I actually just got back from Chicago. My husband and I went out there to celebrate my friend's wedding. She had a destination wedding actually um, in Colorado And it was just very, very intimate. It was just like immediate family, one close friend for each of them. And it was uh, beautiful. I I saw lots of pictures from that. But then we went out for the reception in Chicago. Uh, And so she she has a reception in Chicago and she has a reception in uh, Missouri as well. So anyway, we just went to a reception. It was so fun. She had a blast. And it was just really fun to celebrate her love. And I actually hadn't met her fiance yet because we went to school together and then she moved back home, which was Missouri. And I moved back home, which was PA. And so we've been across the country. So we haven't 
I haven't met her fiance and now her husband. So it was so great to meet him and he's wonderful for her. I'm so happy for them. So anyway, I'm a bit jet lagged these days and I leave again for California next weekend. So definitely still very busy, but it's been nice not having to worry about responsibilities of, you know, the podcast and other work things. I've just been doing my regular full-time job as a PA and living my life otherwise. So anyway, let's get into this podcast episode. First things first, what do we do with our money? So when you have a paycheck coming in, the very first thing that I always say is pay yourself first. And that doesn't mean like go out and buy the clothes that you want and the makeup that you were looking at and, you know, be frivolous with the money that you have. It means send a certain percentage of your paycheck into savings. And this is a non-negotiable. It doesn't have to be 50%. Um, I always did kind of growing up and then now, um, we take my entire salary and put it into savings and we only live off of my husband's salary. And so it's really good. And so just pick a a percentage. It doesn't have to be 50%. That can be a lot if you are kind of living a little bit closer to the wire there. So maybe it's 10% and you put that into savings, um, every single time you get paid, whether that's monthly or weekly, bi-weekly, whatever it is, a certain percentage of that should go straight into savings. And savings means you don't touch it. Some people kind of use savings like, oh my gosh, I built up a bunch. Now I'm going to take this big trip. But I highly recommend leaving savings to be something that you just let it build up. Um, And we'll build on this a little bit later talking about investments. But for now, the most basic thing is that you take a percentage of your paycheck and you pay yourself first, meaning your future self. Um, And taxes are usually already removed in your paycheck. So like you kind of pay the government first, but unless you're self-employed, then you should probably be setting aside some money for taxes in the future as well. But otherwise, taxes already taken out. Usually your healthcare costs, your insurance, that kind of thing's already taken out. So take a certain percentage and put it in your savings. And then that's kind of the main first thing that I always did. If you are somebody who tithes or who sets aside money for charities, I would also take a certain percentage right off the bat and put that somewhere so that you have it for your tithing or for whatever charity you choose to donate to. It's just a really good way to be aware of how much you have available to give. I noticed um, for a period of time I had stopped putting aside a certain percentage and I felt like I didn't have any money to give. But in reality, I was making more money at the time and I just wasn't paying the charity fund first. So do that as well. The next thing I say is budget. And this can look a couple different ways. It can be really strict. It can be a little bit looser. But have an idea in your head of what you're willing to spend, how much you're willing to spend on certain things. So Yeah, sometimes specific numbers can be really hard to stick to. Like, I'm only going to spend $100 a week on groceries. I'm only going to spend, you know, whatever it is on on gas bill or whatever. You can't really set how much you're going to spend on your gas bill unless you're willing to, like, shut it down for a while. (laughs) But so strict numbers can be a little hard to stick to. Also, some people make different amounts of money depending on bonuses and you know maybe they are working on commissions so that's really not feasible for a lot of people and I get that and I don't budget that way either I don't like to have a very strict number because I think it just adds more stress to your life and financial 
planning and budgeting is not meant to add stress. It's meant to take away stress because it's meant to make sure that you have the money you need for all of your necessities. And then you also are planning for kind of the fun stuff on the side as well. So what I like to do is kind of a loose budgeting. And so some examples of things that you might try for that is maybe you only eat out twice per week or once per week, whatever feels doable for you. You Maybe you never buy any extras in your meals or you never buy drinks. So you don't buy the appetizers and you don't buy the extra $1 guacamole on top or whatever that looks like. Um, maybe you set limits on how frequently you can go clothes shopping. Maybe you can go once every other month. Um, maybe you have a date night budget. On date nights, you spend $50 a person max. Maybe you have a specific fun things budget. And so kind of how you set aside a percentage for your savings and a percentage for charity. Maybe you have a percentage of your money that goes towards fun things. And I would recommend keeping this at a pretty low percentage. Personally, I find that some of the things that I love the most cost the least. Um, You know, going and playing tennis. I already have a tennis racket that I bought, and that's free every single time that I go and do it. But that's something that you can do repeatedly again and again, and it's a free date night. Um, Going kayaking. We did purchase kayaks, so that makes it a little bit easier for us. But again, that's free now that I've already made that initial investment. So I would say be careful with that um, because you don't want to set aside a large portion of your money for fun things because then you won't be saving a ton. But you kind of can work this to your discretion. Maybe you're somebody who really thrives off of going to the theater and that can be expensive or, you know, spinning pottery or whatever it looks like for you that you really enjoy. And so that's something that you can take out of your fun budget to do that regularly. The other thing that you can do with your budgeting is something for like groceries. Maybe you only buy organic produce if it's, you know, these specific produce items that are most important to be organic, you know, like, I don't know, strawberries and whatever. Maybe you only buy organic strawberries, but you let it go for the apples or something like that. Or maybe it looks like you never buy the brand name stuff. You always buy the generic Um, or you only get that fancy seafood item when it's on sale, that kind of thing. Um, And then, so there's a lot of examples of what this could look like, but those are all pretty loose examples of budgeting and just being really cognizant of how you spend your money. And for you, basically you have to think about what's important to you. For you, maybe that coffee is like what makes your day, but you have to be careful and not have multiple indulgent things that just make your day. So you shouldn't be indulging in the coffee and the clothes shopping and the new makeup and the shoes and like everything. Like you can't, all of that does not fulfill you. And to be honest, probably none of it really fulfills you. But I understand that we all kind of have our, I don't know, guilty pleasures. And so pick a guilty pleasure and let yourself have that, but don't have 20 different guilty pleasures is all I'm saying. And this is something that you can reevaluate every month or so, especially if you do have any set numbers. Like sometimes I do try to stick to a certain amount with groceries and sometimes, you know, grocery bills go up. The price of food increases over time. So you're not going to be able to stick to one number forever. You will have to kind of adjust based on how things are looking in the economy and whatnot. But 
it does kind of give you an idea and keep you within a framework to work with so that you're not overspending and it's not a surprise when you spend a ton of money because you're you're keeping things in check. You're basically kind of setting some guideposts. It's like bowling with the little side rails up. You can kind of bounce back and forth, but you won't ever go all the way into the gutter. So the next big thing, and I kind of alluded to this, is investments. I highly, highly, highly recommend starting investments now. I don't care if you're 10 or you're 55, it's worth starting investments at this point. And again, this is something that can be adjustable. If you have a ton of expendable income, maybe your investments are 30% or 40% of what you're making. If you, however, are a little bit more on a tight budget, maybe it's only 5% or 10%, and that's okay. Um, Everybody starts somewhere, and you can literally start investing with 50 bucks. Like It doesn't have to be a large portion of money. Maybe 50 bucks is even too much for you, but start somewhere. And I would, I would recommend also getting help. So I wouldn't say, you know, go buy the up and down stocks and kind of pick your one thing and um, buy and sell quickly. That is for a very select few people who are somehow good at that. And I don't honestly understand that. And that's the thing. You don't have to know a ton about investing in the stocks to actually get started. I highly recommend starting with a financial advisor. My husband and I use Edward Jones and we have loved it. And we do a lot of portfolio investments. So it's kind of investing in a portfolio of a number of different companies within one portfolio. So things go up and down, but usually it's a net positive over time. There will be times when it goes down. um, And the trick is not to panic and pull your money at that point because inevitably it goes down and then it starts going back up. And when it's up is when you want to actually take your investments out. Um, But... Really the idea for a lot of these portfolio investments is to leave it in there for the long haul. This is something you pull out when you are, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, if not more. So investments are definitely the long game and that's why it's important to keep savings. Um, The way that our financial advisor told us is to keep at least uh, three to six months worth of savings in your actual bank account. And that way, that is super accessible. You, If something horrible happens, you can pull from it right away. You both lose your jobs or whatever. If you're single, you lose your job. You don't find something for a while. Maybe you know an investment goes bad, whatever it looks like. You have money to kind of get you through. You don't want to be relying on your investments as your only form of savings because, again, it could be a time where it's down from where you actually put money in and then you just lose money. So you don't want to have to use that in any emergency situation. You want that to be the long haul thing. So I also would recommend paying attention to risk versus return. So usually the higher risk, the higher chance of return. Um, but with that risk comes the chance that you could lose a ton of money in the process. And so again, what the financial advisors recommend is kind of you're, if you're really young and you're just kind of getting started and you won't really need these investments anytime soon, maybe go with something a little bit higher risk because you can afford to, you know, have a, a downtime in those investments. Um, but if you are somebody who's older, getting a little bit closer to retirement or closer to the time when you may want to pull from those investments, maybe you'll go a little bit lower risk because you don't want to suddenly lose all of your investment portfolio. 
um, and you want to be able to pull from it. And so if it's, you know, drops suddenly and you're kind of down from where you were six months ago or a year ago or whatever, then it's going to feel like a big bummer. So it will grow a lot slower if it's lower risk, but when you're older, you don't really want it to, you don't necessarily need it to continue growing rapidly and you certainly don't want to lose it. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. Highly recommend going with a more higher risk portfolio when you are younger because it's worth the risk. And these financial advisors know what they're doing. They invest wisely and they tell you, hey, it looks like this, I recommend pulling from this investment or I recommend dumping money into this investment. It's, it's gonna be going up here shortly and you wanna get in now. So that's another great way to really build up your financial equity or your wealth. Um, and it's really easy to do. Again, you just kind of set aside a percentage of your income and before you know it, it'll be growing so rapidly. It'll, it's, it's stunning. I, I just can't believe that people don't invest because you make a ton of money by literally just investing. And the way that our financial advisor works is that they make money off of the investments that we make, but they're only making money if we're making money. So they're not, you know, taking a fee and you're kind of losing out on that it's beneficial for everybody. It's kind of a win-win situation. Um, so that's kind of my little spiel on investments. And again, I don't really know a ton about investments. This is just kind of what I know and the information that I want to give to you guys. If you want to look further into that, certainly go ahead. And I would just be really careful who you decide to invest with. There are a lot of people that take your money and promise to make a big return and that are not um, trustworthy. So I would recommend going with a trustworthy source. Edward Jones is a really big company. I know that they're trustworthy. So pick something like that and you'll, you'll be doing just fine. The other thing that I've found is really helpful is with has to do with loans. So a lot of people might have car loans, you might have student loans, um, any type of loan that you might have. So you might be paying them off for however many years. Let's say your time comes up, you've been paying off this loan, it's whatever it is, $300 a month, $100 a month, whatever it is, you paid it off and you're done. You get to spend an extra $100 a month on fun things now, right? Well, I would recommend not doing that. I would recommend rolling that into savings or investments. So you're already used to living where you are um, with that $100 going to a loan. So when you pay off that loan, I recommend rolling that into something that will save up or invest. And I really would say investments because you're used to not having that money anyway. So you probably don't really need it building into your savings. So it's really a great way to keep building your wealth and you don't even really feel it because you already were getting rid of that money in some way, shape or form. And if you paid off your car and now that $300 a month you know, loan is no longer needed, then you just continue paying as if you're still paying that loan. And this is something that can be flexible as well. So you're not going to keep, you get a new loan and then now you're $300 in the gutter. If you get a new loan in a few years, then you kind of re reformat things and you start paying towards that loan. And maybe you're paying a little bit less into investments, but you had all that time where you were putting into investments and they're just growing over time anyway. So that's a really great way to kind of trick yourself into saving even more. And the other thing is, okay, so this can get a bit complicated, but 
bear with me here. So this has to do with interest rates, rate of return, all of that stuff. So like I said, I do have a mortgage and we got a really good interest rate because we got in um, when the market was just like, the interest rates were like crazy low, all time low. People were um, like, what is it called? Reformatting their loans or, or refinancing um, for their mortgages. And we were just getting a mortgage. So it turned out to work really well for us. But anyway, our interest rate is low. And so what we could do is we could continue to pay off our mortgage and pay extra to try and pay our mortgage off really quickly. But since our interest rate is so low, the amount that that loan is growing, um, so the amount of interest that we'll have to pay over time, isn't really growing that quickly. Versus if we invest that extra money that maybe we would want to put towards our mortgage, it's gonna grow a lot faster. So you wanna think about how much is my interest rate losing me money versus how much could I make money off of investments? And so you wanna pay your mortgage off, right? So you still work on paying your mortgage off, you still pay your mortgage monthly, but I would say don't put extra into it if, for instance, you can make more money off of your investments. So, and this is kind of to each your own. There are some pe people that will teach you to pay off your loans and your debts right away because like, ment it's a mental game and it makes you feel better. But for me, I am more practical with it and I'm, I'm thinking, how much am I losing? How much am I gaining? And I wanna kind of play the odds of, I'll probably gain more by investing. And I don't need to get rid of this loan for any specific reason. So I'm going to keep paying my mortgage as is and make more money off of the stock market because 50 years down the road, once my mortgage is paid off, I'm going to be glad that I invested instead of paid off my mortgage in 10 years and then started investing. Because again, the longer your investments are in there, the better, the bigger they're going to grow. So that's kind of a tricky one. And it's a little bit higher level, but it's something to kind of think about if you do get the chance. And finally, the last thing that I kind of wanted to go over is don't get caught up in the keeping up with the Joneses. And I think, especially in America, especially in the social media era, we tend to, to do that. And I want to be specific about what I mean with this because we all like, we all have those things that we like to indulge in, the nice things, the pretty things. I like to buy real jewelry, so I buy the more expensive jewelry. Um, you know, I like to shop in stores that are not all like thrift stores. Like I will shop at J. Crew and Ann Taylor and, you know, just more expensive stores, but I do it sparingly. And so I think what I mean by this is pick and choose the, the quote unquote pretty things that you're buying and don't do it just because your neighbor has a new car. And so you think you need a new car or, you know, they have this fancy lawn ornament. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever the keeping up with the Joneses looks like to you, don't bother. If you don't really care about your clothes, don't buy these fancy clothes just because somebody made a comment to you and you think now that you need to do it. Um, if you don't care about, you know, fancy art that's like, I don't know, by a well-known artist or something, then buy your art at Home Goods or Target or wherever you want to buy your art. I think it's just important to remember what you care about versus what other people care about. Maybe you have a neighbor or a friend that loves to buy gifts for other people and just buys these wonderful extravagant gifts for others. And that's wonderful. If they like to do that and that brings them joy, 
they can do that. But you don't have to necessarily match that and be like, oh, that's what I should be doing too. And then you're breaking the bank to buy all these gifts for people because you think that that's what they want. When in reality, people people like nice gestures um, and it doesn't have to be something of monetary value. Maybe it's calling them up and just literally being in a listening ear. Maybe you bring over some baked good that you made or you know, you stop by and let their dog out for them when they ask you to. Things like that are also so kind and so helpful and are memorable things and they don't involve spending money. So it doesn't have to be that you keep up with the Joneses. You don't have to have all the fancy things that other people have. And frankly, I I don't notice what other people have because I just march to the beat of my own drum and I just do things the way that I want to do them. That's a little bit of a personality thing. But especially once you have kids, I feel like people start to really fall into the keeping up with the Joneses because their kids also feel that way and their kids will say, well, Johnny's mom does blah, 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 or Johnny's dad has this and you don't want your kid to think that you're not good enough or whatever. I don't know. I don't know the psychology behind it, but all I know is that keeping up with the Joneses can definitely cause you to spend more money in places that you don't even really care about. So the last, I know I said that was the last thing, but the last thing I'll kind of just end with is money should not be a source of fear. We shouldn't fear spending money. We shouldn't fear saving money. Um, Money is simply a means to an end. It's a means to eat, to live, to survive, but it's also a means to have fun. And so I think it's really hard to find the right balance between not just frivolously spending on whatever you want and having no savings and just, you know, la-di-da all through (laughs) through your life but also not being to the point where you're so stingy that you're not willing to help out a friend or donate to charity and you're not having any fun activities in your life because you're just not willing to spend the money on it. Um, And I think it's a really hard balance to find. And I've bounced back and forth between these sometimes, but I think I found a really good place where I like to be, where I'm willing to go fly out to Chicago for my friend's wedding reception because that's something that I care about and I care about her. And it's something that was in my budget. Um, But I'm not willing to shop at Nordstrom, for instance, because it's just too expensive for me. And I don't like clothes enough to justify it. And I'm not willing to buy a brand new fancy car because I just don't care that much. I have a 2016 Ford Explorer and I love it. I love that car. And it's the newest car that I've ever had because my other car I had since I was 16 And so I love this car and I did not need to buy a new one. I didn't want to buy a new one. I had no desire for that because I don't care. My husband, however, has a very, very fancy car because he loves cars and he puts modifications on the cars, which cost money, but that's his thing. He doesn't go buy fancy clothes. Frankly, he doesn't buy clothes at all. I have to buy his clothes if I want him to actually wear something without holes in it. So we have our differences. We have things that we both like and we are willing to spend money on. Another thing is travel. Like that's something that we love to do. I think it's so valuable to see other cultures, to experience meeting new people, new places. I just think that is well worth the money. And for other people, it's just not what they want to do. So I think it's really important to remember when we're talking financial health, this should not be a major stressor for you. 
reevaluate where you're spending your money, how you're spending your money, but don't make it something that puts you in a jail cell for the rest of your life. Um, and this is something that's a little bit trial and error. So you will learn along the way. Um, the other thing I would say just to kind of throw in is don't build up credit card debt. If you can do one thing, don't build up credit card debt. Pay your credit card off monthly. And if you're not able to pay your credit card off monthly, you definitely need to seriously reevaluate your decisions. Because if you're not paying off your credit card monthly, you are making the wrong decision. Maybe you're living somewhere that's too expensive. Maybe you are spending too much on your indulgences, your fun things. Maybe you just need to change lifestyle things. Maybe you need to stop eating out. There's so many different things that could be causing that, but the basic issue is you're living above your means. And I know that's harsh, but it's true. And so this is something that you want to avoid at all costs. Credit card debt is also usually such a high interest rate when you have to pay it back. So again, you don't want to have to do that. Don't get into credit card debt. (laughs) Sorry, that was a little doom and gloom, but I just thought of that. And that's just something that a lot of people fall into. And and that's a trap that you don't want to be in. So Yes, that is kind of the big summary. Live within your means, pay yourself first, have a savings. And remember, if there is an event that comes up where you need to dig into that savings, that's what it's there for. Your water heater goes out, you have savings. Your roof needs replaced, you have savings. All of these things can happen and that's why you continuously build up your savings because someday you're gonna have to dig into it a little bit and that's okay. So I hope this was helpful. Um, And again, I am not a financial advisor. I have not studied economics, but I've had a lot of really great life lessons. And I feel like I'm in a really good place with my money. Um, I'm very financially sound and smart. And I'm lucky to have a husband who kind of has the exact same financial goals as me. So we just work really well together. And I just think it's so important to talk about money and to know how to handle money and to just not be afraid of saving, spending, how to how to manage your finances. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I am back from my summer break and I am having lots of fun episodes ahead. So I hope you enjoyed this. And if you did, please leave a review, leave a rating. I'd love to hear what you thought of it and if you have any recommendations or ideas for another episode. And as always, go do something that makes you feel alive today. Bye.